0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: good morning afternoon and evening everyone welcome to the game week 14 pod of the FPL Wire. i'm your host Zofa, and i'm joined by my co-host late riser and pras lots of games coming up over the next week guys are you excited how are you feeling
2: pras very excited best time of the year i mean um you know you already see patterns of uh, that you can't explain easily like people selling sun which we'll talk about so it's the time where if you're logical you keep you know looking at watching the games and you follow the process i think that's where you gain most rank so very excited
1: Yes, sleep cycles go for a toss this month alar.
2: sleep cycles go uh, for a toss
0: but um Russ has many reasons to be excited, given uh, one of them is his, one of his
2: strikers as well. So, you know, just wanted to throw that in. Upfront itself, right? I mean, yeah, yes, uh, I got Chris Wood, everyone who's listening, and <laughs> it was part of my contract, basically. These guys said in the summer, you want to join as a co host, but in the season, you have to buy Chris Wood. So I've done it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, it's on brand, right? We needed to get out, that out of the way early. But yeah, man, I'm really, really excited. Uh, m- most of uh, the reason for the excitement is uh, we actually haven't spoken any FPL and I haven't spoken any FPL to anybody in the last five days. So I'm really just looking forward to the discussion. A uh, lot to say, see where your heads are at. How's uh, the week been for you, Zof?
1: It's what's ha- really happening now in FPL, right? The template has been so strong. I think we can say most teams have around six or seven players similar. You look at your Ariola, your Arsenal defender, Sala, Saka... Now you're getting Bumo in there, Watkins, Haaland up top. I think the difference now only comes for these three, four players, or maybe even two or three players, which you really need to go off. And for me, it was Gordon this week. Gordon pretty much was a difference between a green arrow or maybe a grey or a red arrow, because pretty much rest of my team is very highly owned. So decent week, just because of the Gordon Hall. Unfortunately, it came at the expense of Chelsea. But at that point, we were already three-one down. James was sent off. So I'm not gonna lie, I did celebrate that goal. Thankful to been
2: playing last two weeks. Not
1: flying, exactly, but good. some decent game weeks may it continue.
2: Yeah, and I, I
0: don't think there's a very strong template, you know, out of all the seasons that maybe we've bought it together for. I reckon this year is probably the least... Uh, but don't you template-y? think it's drifting
1: towards it now, for example, like everyone is going to get boom right? And now, you especially now, because you, now you, everyone's moving towards the X minutes, guys, over the schedule.
0: I, I'm not sure about that because people are selling
2: Son and I'm wondering what the hell. So, I don't think it's shifting towards a template. I, I think broadly, broadly, I think I agree with... But you know, what has happened is Madison got injured, people went to Bowen. So, there was a convergence there. Bowen got injured, then people were converging more towards uh, Mbumo. So, yeah, I think, you know, apart from the big hitters, I think there is some sort of a convergence on the midfielders. When we talk about mids, I think the answer for everyone will be just get Mbumo. Of
1: course.
2: Yeah, yeah, but let's say... Let's say you have Bumo in your team
0: and uh, you know, you're know you selling a Diaby or contemplating holding a Diaby or a Bowen. Let's say he's not fit. There is Palmer. There is Gordon. There is a Hang who's on penalties now that we know of. And there's Brennan Johnson as well. I don't think it's as straightforward as it always used to be where there was a one perfect pick. I think there's going to be enough convergence and variety to play for the season. I don't think it's as straightforward.
1: I hope so. Just when I look around in my mini leagues, I'm seeing more or less seven or eight players the same. But I I hope it does diversify over the next few weeks. Let's get started with our sponsor plug. Yep.
2: So all the stats that you see on the pod are from Fantasy Football Scout. And uh, they actually, again, have a 20% off because of Black Friday uh, weekend. And there was an offer as well um, from basically LR's opposite team. Because LR's team is called Bad Team on Paper. This is called Good Team on Paper. And so there's an offer that you can get basically a memorabilia for 12 pounds. So, you know, if if you want to become a member, it's a good time to do so. Like I said at the beginning of the pod, you're not going to get a lot of information when games come thick and fast. So you need to make your own decisions a lot more. And when you have data, that helps. So if you can support Fantasy Football Scout and the link uh, to the membership will be in the affiliate link in our comments.
1: We have also partnered with NordVPN. If you're bored of the streaming libraries available in your country, you can expand your selection using NordVPN with the click of a button. There are over 5,000 plus server options available and no content is out of your reach. Privacy is a big big deal too for all of us as well. Nord keeps your data encrypted and your IP address hidden to ensure complete privacy while you're browsing the internet. They've also added a new threat protection feature. You can say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. If you sign up using our creator code nordvpn.com forward slash you get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four additional months for free. They also offer a 30 day money back guarantee. Sign up right now. Right, let's get started guys. The first of many games to come quick succession. Should we talk about the schedule first before we dive into this weekend's fixtures?
2: Pras, why don't you take us through this? Sure. Um, So, look, I think we talked about it last week with the Lego Mane visual, right? So, when you come to this time, 14 to 16, and by the way, this will also be true 17 to 19, uh, or sorry, 18 to 20, uh, when you have a midweek fixture, you need to think about not only which teams play fixtures thick and fast or basically have the shortest rest period. But you also have to think about opponents. Actually, in the next week's podcast, we're going to use a really nice article where we're going to talk about has this team played more, you know, had had more rest even in the short space than the other. But I think big picture right now, let's talk about the block 14 to 16. The teams that are coming out as the ones that will have reasonable amount of rest is basically you know, your Lutons, your Everton's, and the ones that will really suffer, because these are the teams we talked about last week that have the Sunday, and then a Saturday, and then a midweek game, are Liverpool, Palace, Brighton, and Bournemouth, and Villa. So, that's what you sort of need to account for when you think about players that are not 100% nailed. You know, I can think of people like Simicas, Livramento, uh, that are on the periphery, you would say, our first team, but maybe not start all of them. So, rest will come into it. So, I mean, we can either talk about these teams or just keep this at the back of our mind. Yeah, this as is more for, Like we, we said, this about... more
1: for the next week. I don't think this is really going to affect anything going into this weekend.
2: So we'll touch upon it
1: more next Correct. part, which I think we are planning to do on Monday with the Tuesday deadline.
0: It just affects uh, maybe a little bit of thinking in terms of the transfers, right? So when I'm thinking about, let's say, buying in a player from a Newcastle, Arsenal, Chelsea or Spurs, which are even West Ham and Brentford, which are teams that people are targeting to buy an attackers, they look fairly comfortable in terms of the rest period that they have. So you don't need to worry about them for the next three game weeks, at least in terms of rest period.
1: The ones that stand out to me are Everton and Newcastle, especially right at the top because they have the Thursday game midweek that gives them the longer extended period. And then you see an almost 64 hours and all that stuff over there, which is similar to what other teams have. So the first batch is really long and the second batch is not that bad. I feel more comfortable looking at that as a garden owner. Let's talk I mean, now yeah. about the speaking of Gordon. Let's talk about some players who are currently on four yellow cards. And for those of you guys on the audio, it's a lot. We obviously can't read out all of them, there are more than 20 players here. Are some notable ones obviously you have Cash, Douglas, Louise, who else is uh, Trippier, of course, four yellows, Bruno on four, Cabore on four. I think that's about it. None of the other guys, very really
0: fantasy relevant. Sterling, maybe a lot of people are looking at Sterling. Yeah. Sterling's on
2: four. See, even the three ones, uh, you know, the the threes are not listed here, but there's people like Palmer on three. And, you know, when we get to game week 18, that's like, you know, four or five weeks away, you're also then panicking about those. So basically the idea of this is, again, you need to be on top of this thing. You will not hear it on every pod now. think games will come thick and fast. People will just, the fifth suspension will just creep up on you. Yet another reason to have a good bench um, at least a good first sub because things will happen during the break. So I'm actually particularly more thinking about, I mean, players like Douglas Lewis and Bruno have been on yellows for a while and they've been okay and they've been delivering points. Uh, but then there's others that hit us when we most need it. I mean, I can remember Madison last year when we most needed and We got that fifth yellow. Um, so yeah, something to keep in uh, keep tabs on.
1: Let's move on with the agenda. and The big question first up, I think, has to be Jared Bowen. What's the latest fitness update there, Prash, from the ITKs?
2: Well, I don't have the ITK updates, but yeah, I think there was one update uh, that he is travelling with the squad, but he won't make Thursday, but he should be okay for the weekend. Now, this is all very generic, right? I mean, somebody who's provided this, I think it's from West Ham, ex-employee, or or links to that. We have got no definitive uh, quotes that he's okay for the weekend, but we will hear from Moise twice. And usually what moise told us, I think after the game was he missed this one, whether it was because of a late fitness test or not, it doesn't sound like he'll be out for the weekend. So if you're a Bowen owner, I think the one basic hygiene thing you need to do is just hold tight and, and see what happens by Friday. Yeah.
1: And Moyes Soft is very much for Eddie you. Howe. Sorry, I was just mentioning Ella that Moyes' words I would always take with a pinch of salt because he's very much Eddie Howe rather than glue in terms of his team news. He's quite shady about that. And what I saw from today's training pictures, Bowen wasn't there. So just keep an eye on that now. Make your moves on Friday. Sorry, LR, you're saying?
0: Yeah, just like, you know, you tend to follow injuries, etc. I mean, what does fluid in the knee mean? Like, even if he's playing, do you think he's fully fit? Or do we have any insight on that matter? Where it could be limited minutes, managing minutes? Because if it's that case, you know, where his knee is going to be dodgy throughout this Christmas schedule. Like, even that is a perception thing that, do we have any clarity on that?
1: I'm afraid I don't have enough knowledge to really give an opinion on that. But what I do know is that a player wouldn't necessarily start if he's not trained all week. But how Bowen Mm -hmm. is to West Ham is how Saka is to Arsenal. If he's not training for a week, he's still going to be chucked into the starting lineup. So, we really have to wait. And the good thing is it's a later deadline, this time on Saturday. But the game for West Ham is at home. If it's a traveling game, then maybe you get some news whether he's traveled or not. I don't necessarily know if he'll get news. But definitely keep that one late don't be making it's, just, it's right a
2: now. sunday game so yeah. i mean we'll definitely won't know so yeah. if, if and if,
1: if what
0: boban is to west ham and what saka is to Arsenal is completely different boban is an inside forward saka is a touchline you, hogging you know winger what i mean days. right you
1: know and i know just let's talk about that now let's talk I, about i saka just wanted was, to
0: throw the, i just wanted to throw that in because it's it's incredible how he's i own him and i'm glad to get the points but how is he getting these points i mean what are Arsenal? what what Two three weeks ago, you were fully into Saka, and I'm like, I'm not feeling confident because I've sat and seen him from a tunnel vision angle at Burnley at home against Sheffield United at home, where he got zero shots against Burnley at home, where he did not much, but he's fluking these assists. Let's let's call it what it's it. What it is? No, he's fluking these assists. I, I think not, fluking the,
1: is a bit harsh. You could call the one against Sheffield United a bit fluky,
0: but the one against Brentford was a nice cross. Nice cross. Nice cross. But what do you make of Saka as an FPL asset right now? See, the thing is, hes I think
1: he's blanked only twice or maybe even once this season. So he's trickling along with points just fine. I got no problem with him. No, he's not captain, don't bench, but he's someone I want to own for the Arsenal's p-
2: period. That's is, his XG. his XG is a worry. Uh, I think we have enough of a sample size now to say that his XG is a worry. But if he wasn't on any set pieces then you start to worry, you know, if, if you're talking, this, this is why we like our fish and chip players, that, you know, if, if your XG is not coming through, then maybe you get a corner assist, he got that against Sheffield United, maybe he gets a penalty in the next game, and you're still getting points, now, you may argue nine at 9 million or close to 9 million, that's not what you're looking for, who else is there, close to that price, or who do you, you know, money, if money was a problem, and if you were saying, look, we have to decide we're in Haaland, Salah, Sun and Saka, then I think I, I'm already, you know, sun will come into this equation and this discussion a little bit later. But for me, then I'm sacrificing Saka given what I'm seeing. But right now I can have all four. So I don't really have a decision to make because I have this bread and butter pick for a team that is top of the league at the moment that I expect will do well with good fixtures. I mean no reason for me to be worried about it, but I wouldn't captain like Zofsa. Yeah,
0: like, you know, when I tend to watch games and then when watching back the highlights also, I tend to have like a Google Keep notes. And the first thing I wrote after watching the Arsenal game was trust your eyes more, really trust your eyes more. Because I've been seeing it for the last four or five weeks. Arsenal are just not doing much. They're sort, I I don't know, it's like a poor man's, not a poor man's, like an elite Sean Dyche Burnley from three weeks, two, three years ago. They're not creating much. And I think we need to come around to that. You know, probably people might hold on to them for the fixtures thing. And if there is a better pick or a bigger pick that emerges, you go for it. Uh, But this is last chance saloon for Saka for me because I don't have Son. And, you know, none of us have spoken FPL and I have not generally been very active on Twitter. And saw the games over the weekend. And uh, I was like, I cannot wait to do Saka to Son. And I get onto Twitter And people are contemplating Son to Saka and I'm pulling my hair and thinking, what the hell is going on in this world? It's happening this week. I absolutely do not understand it at all. At all. I can't think of a more wrong move to take. Are you even watching the football? Do you even know what's happening? Are you seeing what's happening? It's such a terrible move. I don't want to sit on the fence with this one. Here we have a team that isn't really playing that attacking football. The Arsenal fans that I've spoken to, have warned me against Arsenal attackers, have told me that, you know... And I'm here sitting after three plum fixtures and telling you that it's not the move to make. I don't want to sit on the fence. Don't sell Son for Saka. Look at Ange Postakopi, right? You have a manager who saw that playing the skips and the Hoibergs of the world doesn't really work. So what does he do? He gets his attack-minded players, he gets Lo Celso, he gets Benton he plays Koulousevski as a 10, solves it, and Spurs are magnificent against Villa, especially in the first 50-60 minutes. The amount of chances they created were incredible. They played really good attacking football. Is that going to change in the next six, seven, eight weeks? No. Are you telling me that Son could have easily had a goal or two if you sort of play the law of averages. This guy, is he's played 90 minutes in the last four games, which means that the injuries that he probably had are behind him. And people are selling this guy for somebody who's had four shots in the last... 5-6 screens which have amounted to 0.15 XT, it makes no sense to me. It really does, just doesn't make any sense to me. If you're telling me fixtures, outlets, all of that, blah, 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 rubbish. Sons, by far the better asset. It's not even close at the moment. But the just
1: points wanted to get that bad. out of my chest. But the FPL points 8 and 6 for Saka, 2 and 2 for Sun.
0: Yeah, but that's rubbish, man. Out here, we are we do the spot to tell people what's going to happen. Not, I mean, if Arsenal suddenly changed, Arteta realizes that he's being stupid and he's not going to luck into one 0 wins throughout all the way, and he needs to let his team be more attacking. And because he's watching the same thing we are watching, and he tends, to, he's going, to, he realizes he might need to make adjustments. Otherwise, these uh, wins by narrow margins won't happen. And Arsenal plays a more aggressive, and then Saka does well. Fair enough. But if they continue in the same stead, I think Saka might be trappy. I genuinely think so. Yeah. He's not coming into the box. He's not coming in goal-scoring positions. The only reason Saka is a good player and a good FPL pick at the moment, there are two reasons. A, he's got the outlets. He's got the pens. And uh, he's got the set pieces. And two is quality, not quantity. If he does two chance-creating actions, they're the chance is that he is going to be really good on them and they're going to find their man because the boy has quality. He's a sensational player. It's just, I don't think Arsenal are using him in the best way right now. It's working for them. They're getting the points. But I don't know how that relates to FPL. Now, the argument that you boys are making, you know, that if you want to own Son and Saka and there's nobody else and we don't really need money right now because we don't have a third premium to save money for or there's trippier that you need to think of at all. I get that, but Saka versus Son is a no contest at the moment.
2: Let me just use the devil's advocate. But for, firstly, by the way, Shivam, shout out to you. You do our shorts. I think that Sun passionate speech, I think that needs to be a short. Uh, but that that is later. Um, look, I'm just going to make a slightly different point. So I agree with you 100% that Sun is a top three asset in the game. Salah, Haaland, and Sun. But money is also a thing, right? If it's a million difference, and it's also fixtures. So in addition to everything that you've said, Sa- Saka next plays Wolves, who don't have two DMs. They're both suspended for this game. The game after is Luton. S- Sun plays Man City, and then Sun plays West Ham and Newcastle. So I'm not saying Sun can't do well. I'm just saying it's a relative question. And then if somebody's trying to think that, do I want for a very short space of time, I want to get on board Saka, and then I can do some other engineering. Let's say I get to a s- Sun to Saka, and then it affords me a trip here. So I'm saying there could be, or let's say it affords me an Esac as my third striker. So there could be reasons why people could do it. But I think for people who are just directly saying, look, Saka has got points, Sun has got three blanks, and I'm doing it because Saka is the better pick. I don't think anyone is saying that. Nobody, I mean, here, in this pod, I don't think anybody is saying that.
1: We've always been pro-Sun yeah. over Saka. I think this is from three, four pods. But Saka, by himself, is a great FPL asset. I don't I don't think a he's superior FPL. to Sun. That is, that is my was, not changed.
0: He, he, he was a great FPL asset, but he's an okay FPL asset at the moment. Yes, he's been no, getting the points. I think
1: he's a great FPL but, asset still. I think you're just no, waiting. No.
0: I think it's a no, bit of I don't frustration think a, there, LR. No, it's not. It's reacting to what I've seen and what Arsenal are this season. He used to be a great FPL asset. Yes, he's got four assists in the last five games and he's trickling along. But... I say tread with caution in terms of how you're perceiving Saka to be because if Arsenal don't change the way they are about to play, the, the way they are playing, I don't think Saka's a great FPL asset. I think he's an okay FPL asset. I mean, I still and I don't want
1: to sit on the fence with that goals. opinion. Like over the next three games, you think they score six, seven goals? Or, you just Brighton in the fourth game. Let's Over the next four games, how many goals do you think Arsenal score?
0: E- even if they score six to seven goals, you remember the chart that we showed uh, last week from FPL radar when they're talking about the percentages of XG. When they score six goals, that six is split among seven players equally is the chart that we do. We don't really have a talismanic player for uh, Arsenal as well. It's just how I see it. And I. it's confusing because you're scared and he's got such a high ownership. And I'm going to sit on Saka this week, but he's on the loose end of my patience at the moment. And I, I think more people need to be questioning Saka as an FPL pick. I just... He gets two penalties... And it, it's, it's... I mean, FPL and luck is so dependent on penalties these days. He gets two penalties... And our perception of Saka changes this week. It's as simple as that, you right? know. But in open play, he just isn't doing as much as he did last year.
2: Do you feel the same about about him, I'm happy to hold Saka till he gets injured, pretty much. I mean, see, when because Ella doesn't own him and he needs to think about an own son and he needs to think about affording him, then he has a different perception of him than us who already own Son, Harland, Salah, and and then say Saka is the next best because for me. And we've done this in our captaincy matrix. There's six players that are the sort of the the, the best in the game at the moment. So Saka, Sun, Haaland are the top three. I think the next tier would be Saka, Watkins, Trippier. So these between these six players, if you're owning five, then it's fine. So I think you know own the, own your tier one players, the ones I talked about, in, and in tier two, if you own two of them, it's fine. So I get That's, it that you want to sacrifice a tier two to get a tier one. I get it. But that's but a separate a tier, conversation. A tier two.
0: I'm objectively asking you, Pras, do you still think Saka's a great FPL pick? Or he's do you think we
2: need to an excellent FPL pick?
0: Do we need to adjust our perception about Bukayo Saka based on what happened last season compared to this season? His his
2: non pay next year is almost the same. He was actually his numbers were too good in the first seven weeks. In fact, people are questioning what has happened in Arsenal's play, that they're using Saka more or is he coming in more? And we do this with Salah, by the way, until he will retire. We keep discussing, is he coming in? Is he too wide? So, what I'm saying is, he, Salah, we say, because he's got pedigree and he's done it for years, we say he always finds a way. I think you need to say, because Saka does a lot of these things around the game, he plays for a top three team, and he's on key pieces. Top three uh, team, not top three attack. Fair. I want to, so far. Yeah. So far. Yeah. So, I just think he's he is a top six pick, and there is no other midfielder apart from Salah or Sun that I want above him and that's still that means it's I think is a good thing that's I don't not, know man but it's, keep in mind also
1: right we're going a lot of series without Odegaard and without Jesus who are going to be back
0: and I saw the game against Brentford and nothing changed Saka was crossing from deep wide and that's all he was doing he wasn't coming in. He wasn't getting in goal-scoring positions, and Jesus and Odegaard. That's why I want to be patient for one two weeks, because I also feel like Arteta needs to adjust, because they're not really creating that many goal-scoring chances, and Arsenal need to amend that, need to change that. And I was, you know, I was talking to the Arsenal fans in the Discord as well. The, the main thing that you know, the likes of Achu and Sanki pointed out is that there, the problem isn't the lack of Odegaard and Jesus. Both of them told me because I was citing Jesus degard patience for the last three weeks in the point. All three on all three occasions they were mediums. And they told me that the problem right now that Arsenal really have is boy progression. Like they aren't able to be that incisive and get the ball to the final third as incisively mm-hmm. as they used to last mm-hmm. season. And one of the big reasons for that was Thomas Party. He was actually really, really good in that sixth role for Arsenal, able to make really cut through passes. And that sort of enabled them and Z- and Zaka as well, right? Those are two big midfielders that help them progress the ball, which they aren't able to do as efficiently. It's still a young team. Rice and Havertz are still new to that team. But just don't do Son to Saka. Uh, the, 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 the conclusion from this is don't do it. I mean, one's just a superior asset compared to the other at the moment. And proof was how quickly and effectively Ange was able to adjust to the players that he has at his disposal and pull off the performance that he did against villa Who would you
1: move off Sun for if at least because there is a general feeling within the community. Is there any player
0: you'd move off Sun for? Zoff, first question to you. Do you agree with moving off Sun? That should be the first question. No, I think he's the third best asset in the game. Simple as that. So then at the
2: FPL fire there should not be further discussion because our conclusion is don't sell Sun. Absolutely. 100%. No, but I think I think to get Sun, we, we are all saying there's absolutely no need to lose Sun. But there are certain conditions under which you could consider it is where I was going with it. Like, people who want to get Haaland back, right? I think you have to. Like, you know, if there's no other way and it requires minus 16 to get Haaland back, you'll have to probably think about either selling Sun or Salah. We are saying Salah has this next three games that are absolutely beautiful and Sun is playing Newcastle and City. So under certain circumstances, you may think about it, but I still go back to my tiering. And by the way, one other point. On Scout, so I've just done this. You can compare Saka 2023 with Saka 2022 on per appearance. So basically, so that the minutes are equal. This year, his XG is 0. 0.4 per 90. Last year, XG was 0. 0.3. Now, this is, again, anomaly because in the first seven games, it was very high, and in the last yeah. few, it is very bad. His X, XGI in total is 0. 0.7, and it's 0. 0.5 last year. So uh, this is a classic case of I test versus data and maybe recency bias versus... Long-term data, but for the first twelve game weeks, Saka has shown himself to be a tier two, very very good player. Hmm.
0: Fair. Fair, I mean, I will take the caution that both of you all are suggesting, because I do have I do have the option of selling Darwin to get Son as well. Saka is not my only route to Son, but I, I just think we should very keenly observe what bukaya Saka is up to these days.
2: I think a good discussion maybe for next pod is let's discuss Saka in relation to Darwin, Bowen, you know, some of these guys that we would say are top 10 FPL picks that people can't get to. And the question is, would you sacrifice a Saka to get to some of these guys? And what does it get you? Because Sun to Saka, I don't think there's a debate. But what's interesting, I had a look
1: again on Twitter just now. A lot of guys who are selling Sun already have Saka. They say the money is for upgrades elsewhere. Where are they upgrading to? Is it Trippier? Is it Trent? Isak maybe I don't know. Even Bone is out because even who are they buying? That's what's confusing me. Because where is the money going for the upgrades?
2: I think they're getting Saka.
1: Probably. Let's talk about Pardo a little bit while we're on the Spurs subject. How have I not got more than ten points from Pardo over the last two game weeks? Uh, I feel terrible
0: for yourself. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous.
1: Such a good player, man. Even the, the other game against Villa, he was the one playing those deep quarterback passes i was selling baker he's very much a poor man's strength he's taking these set pieces taking shots in the box playing these deep passes good on bonus i was thinking Easy of one. selling it potentially with these fixtures coming up but no no way
0: no i i i, I bought uh priest james this week and uh, you know managed to get a gray arrow despite the minus three but the first thought after watching the weekend games is why didn't i just get Poro like, set pieces inside the box so much, creating so much. They're, you know, it's it's exactly what Baker said would happen as well, right? He said that they will rely on Poro more for creativity and shot taking now. And it's just Ange, man. He's reacting to what he has has at his disposal well. Like, you know, if he plays the Skips and the Hoibergs, that's a red flag. But he's playing these technically superior players and going for it. So, yeah, but it's know,
1: quite the, easy to just say I want to go for the older statesman when I have injuries. That's what ninety percent of managers would default to. It's very impressive yeah. from a-
0: and admirable. I thought their performance was great. I thought they were maybe a draw would have been a par result for the game. Uh, you know, uh, saying that Spurs deserve three points would be a little bit of overreaction. But the thing is that they're going to get points. I mean, attacking points for goals. I don't see that changing. Kulusevsky has a 10. Brennan, I think, should be in the conversation with Palmer and Gordon now for people looking at that price bracket because nobody else is really going to play that. He's doing well. His role, also, if you notice, is every time there are cutbacks, he's placed at the back post for the tap. And this has happened so many times. He's at the end of chances so many times for that Spurs team. It's a conversation to have. But yeah, I feel bad for you because I think Poro is a good FPL pick. I think yeah. it's Pras and I who don't own him are probably going to look to buy him in two or three weeks' time. Yeah. The bent
1: injury was really sad, man. I thought he was yeah. playing really well. Great player to watch. And now apparently he's out for another eight weeks. Spurs have been very yeah. unlucky the last 30 days.
2: Yeah. That's it. Agree. By the way, also, Pras if you're is on, Spurs. on your watch list. Um, Yes, hundred percent. I think between him, James, one of the guys. I mean, we'll come to my team and I'll talk about it. I've made a transfer for somebody who I will actually look to ship out in three weeks. So I think I think Poro is the standout defender at the moment. And the only thing is, you know, we talked about early season. uh, Trippier is basically such an elite player because of the same attacking threat, but a very good defense. Poro just at the moment it's like a bottom quartile defense. Because of injuries, because of the, their playing style. So, yes, you will have to rely a lot more on attacking threat, but it's that is like he's playing as a midfielder. So, you're basically getting an out of position midfielder with some chance of a, a, a clean sheet. So, not bad at all. Well, what's the timeline on uh,
0: when VDB in terms of yeah, when next are we add? Next year. Next year. And Romero's just got one game left, right?
1: Romero or is more. back after the City game. Cool. They're going to be playing four fullbacks at the Etihad. We'll talk about it in the captaincy We'll talk about that, yeah,
2: yeah. But before we go off Spurs, I also want to talk about Kulusevski actually. Uh, so what they did was they played Brian Hill. The commentator com- pronounced him Hill, so I'll do the same. Um, on the right, Johnson on the left. So Kulu was actually playing just behind Sun. And he got a lot of chances in this game. So if that continues, it's a pattern we need to monitor. If cre- for creativity, they rely on Kulusevski more and he plays central, I think he could be also a decent shot. Yeah.
0: What do you boys think about Brennan? He's caught my eye in the last two, three games. He's I don't think really he's valid.
1: fully fit. I worry about this that's... game. Someone that's like seven games, sorry, three games in a seven-day period. And I think he's going to get hauled off and he looks like he's flagging towards the last 20, 30 minutes.
0: Yeah. That's, I was in Baker's DMs today asking him about Brennan, Brennan and what his thoughts are. And he's like, yes, you're right. He's getting on to the end of things. The FPL points are there. But he has the same worry as you because he's holding his hamstring in the last 10 minutes of every game. So that's the worry with Brennan. Good FPL pick though. Also, yeah. Baker Baker said, you know, to inform this to Pras, next week, the review is recommending everybody to buy Brennan. So that's also interesting. Really? I've yeah. not seen it
2: in myself, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. he's not on set pieces and our penalties. I'm surprised by that, but I will see. Yeah.
1: yeah. Should we talk about Spurs opponent's Villa? Now, the run coming up, which includes, I think, Bournemouth is decent. Then after that, you have Arsenal and Man City, which is now actually a top-of-the-table clash. Villa are only two <laughs> points behind Arsenal. So, should we be looking at that it's necessarily a difficult fixture for Villa? At home, keep in mind both of these games. What it's do you just think a low-ceiling
2: fixture. It's, it's low a low-ceiling in the yeah. sense they,
1: can't well, score, they won't score more than two. It's as difficult for Arsenal and Man City as it is for Villa. That's the perception yeah. I'm getting now.
0: Fair. I'd fancy a uh, Villa attacker if uh, Johnstone was, wasn't on the bench for City. Because right now, if if you guys noticed the highlights yesterday also, neither Diash nor Akanji are really in good defensive form. They're not really convincing as defenders at the moment. I mean, there's I forgot the name, but there's a new guy who did them both yesterday also for the goals uh, that they scored. They haven't really looked great. I mean, Diash was horrible against Chelsea also. Yep. So, you know, uh, I wouldn't, I would look at that fixture a lot more encouragingly if uh, Stones was on the bench. Stones is on the bench and I think uh, Gardela is going to use him for these games.
2: Oh, Was he on the bench yesterday? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that's big actually. That's good for them. He was on the yeah. bench, I think even yeah. the weekend. Okay. Yeah. Exactly.
1: But at what point do we take Villa as title challengers? You say, let's say if we talk football for a bit, if they get four points over the, those two games, City, Arsenal, do you think they're up there in the title race?
0: We have the discussion in Jan if we need to, is where I am.
1: Yep. I think that fixture run is possibly defining City, Arsenal, Brentford and Manchester United. These four games, if you come out on the rosy side of that, then you really need to pay more respect to Villa in terms of the title race. I think that it becomes a four-horse race rather than a three.
2: I mean, title, I would say, is a stretch. But I think at the moment, at least my view. Uh, but yeah. if you look at Rob T's uh, end-of-season projections, Villa is now actually... Uh, you know, at similar odds to Newcastle and Spurs to finish mm-hmm. top four. So that's actually huge itself.
1: Yeah. And admittedly, mm-hmm. I'm pandering to some of our Villa viewers. Adam, Tom, you guys know who you are.
0: Yeah. It's just, if Villa didn't concede the amount of chances that they do, I'd probably be more serious about them. And also, you know, Watkins isn't a great finisher. He requires like three big chances to convert one of them. If they had someone more deadlier to finish off the chances they get maybe but like because of the lack of consistency there as well as the fact that they're quite open and the high line and teams know how to counter that I see them dropping points whereas yeah, it's our way City form, and right? are, I was,
2: just, I was yeah. really
1: joking about the title it's a away form that's their concern yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. and their defense in general
1: yeah because they're not keeping clean sheets and let's talk about Matty Cash now is he a rotation risk going forward as we mentioned he is on four yellow cards and now with carlos fit we might see konza right back bailey right wing because cash started on the wing the last game not at right back do you think plus he's an easy sell or do you potentially hold him for the Bournemouth game a lot of people like me are thinking of moving him on even for a hit for an arsenal defender this week because the entry point is good right? What are your thoughts there?
2: You remember the Game Week 10 wildcard discussion? At the end of it, I was like, look, let me just give a disclaimer about Cash uh, because they have three central defenders and Dean. I think that hasn't changed. I think what's changed is Bailey is now playing really well. And so they've got this new setup in which Bailey and Tillemans come in instead of Diaby and Cash. And obviously those are two very relevant FPL picks. And so that setup works. So a, it, it basically brings the minutes down in terms of cash. You know, you could see an odd benching. Cash has already missed a few Europa League games. We just don't notice it because it's in Europe and it doesn't hurt our FPL p- prospects. But when Game Week 15 and Game Week 19 are midweek games or they their games in in a quick succession, he's not going to play all three. So I think that's it's reached a stage where he's now 5.2 or whatever he is or 5.1 that there are others really, really good options in that price bracket that you can look to move. And even as a cash cow, I mean, if you want to get a little bit of money to upgrade a DRB to an Mbumo, which I think what Zof is doing and smiling about, then yeah. I was I think referring makes... to the cash cow pun. Yeah. That was well yeah. done. <laughs> All right, right, right. So, uh, so yeah, I think, I think it makes sense.
1: But do you think give him the Bournemouth game? Like we had mentioned a stat a few pods earlier about his shooting in these away matches. I think I want to give him the Bournemouth game, not necessarily move him
2: out for a hit. I mean, let's see Thursday. If he's starting again Thursday, I'd be more worried if he's on the bench, than you again, say... Okay, that was me- next, point next point
1: I was going to get into, he's only played 45 minutes at the weekend. The chances of him starting midweek are still high, right? I don't think it necessarily plays into his minutes against Bournemouth, necessarily.
0: It's it it depends. Those, yeah. At the moment, because also like the subs against Spurs were an adjustment because Villa were conceding. A lot of chances. Yeah, it was very tactical.
1: Posts. Telemans offered them much more control behind Watkins. Cash was because of the yellow card. He was people exactly. were begging for an orange, basically. He was he was yeah. gonna get sent off any second. So one was tactical, the other was to prevent a sending off. So I'm not reading too much into that, but I don't think if a start midweek would necessarily put me off or make me think he's getting benched against Bournemouth.
0: So I I, I think the question that you know ans the answer to your question is I think if you sell cash this week you're really only looking at, if you're looking in the same price bracket, uh, Saliba, provided you already own Gabriel. But if you're looking at selling cash next week, for people like me who don't own a Poro, he opens up as an option and a Chelsea defender opens up as an option. So it's also about where you want to go rather than the point to sell. Because I think it's a good time to sell cash anyway because finding are finding a bit of form and are playing good football. So I don't think a clean sheet is nailed on in any sort of way no. when it comes to Aston Villa. So, so, if you're convinced about the Arsenal defender and you know that amongst the picks that you're going to go for a defender, whether this week or next week, it's going to be the Arsenal defender, then go for it.
1: The tempter was obviously to keep him for game week 18. More so than this 40. do you think? Plus, that's a strategy at all? It's worth possibly hiding him for four games, three games?
2: I mean, if he was pau Torres or somebody 4.5 that you can say, okay, he doesn't sort of restrict me from other good moves, then sure. But at 5 million just use that money and get some upside before game week 18. And, and you know, yeah. especially you don't even know if you start game week 18, right? I mean, exactly. there's now enough uncertainty that yeah. you're just holding this asset for no reason. Villa's last clean sheet was some mid-table side in game week six. I think it was Chelsea or something. So, um, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the last time they kept a clean sheet. So there's no point.
1: That was a good one. I'm a cross. <laughs> yep, yep. I got to throw some wood jokes in now. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, while we're talking about Villa, I think this is just a conversation to have because I have Diaby to sell. Uh, Do you hold, do you give him Bonmouth? And it's just a segue into the mid price midfielder bracket. Let's have a bit of discussion about Gordon. Let's have a bit of discussion about Palmer. And uh, I think Brennan Johnson and Wang. Also, there's a conversation in this price bracket. Just to be clear, we're not discussing Bumo because all three of us are on the same bench that Bumo is a superior pick to all of the names mentioned. So, if he's not in your team right now, get him. Above all the players we'll be discussing right now. But Zof, I think it's quite relevant to come to you because you're a Chelsea fan and has been a Gordon owner for a while now. Give us your thoughts on Palmer versus Gordon at the moment.
1: Gordon was on the chopping block for me. Honestly, I was watching him very closely the last weekend to see what he was doing because I was worried about his minutes with all the fixtures that are coming up. I didn't think he would be starting all the games. And the thing is, I like underlying numbers. And as you can see over here, we've got a comparison from the scout members area. Palmer's on the left, Gordon's on the right. Palmer's XG is 4.42, obviously penalty inflated. XG non-pen 1.27, 1.81 for Gordon, kind of similar. Much better XA. XGI, again, that's non-penalty and all that stuff gets thrown in. But, again, Newcastle look like a much more functional attack, especially at home. But I think I will be making the move for Palmer, not now, but around game week 17. When we play Sheffield United, I'll see how we do over the next few games, see how Nkunku possibly coming to the team affects it. But if you are buying today, I think I prefer Gordon. Prus, any number,
2: Palmer?
1: anything you want to share from these numbers?
2: Sorry, you you said Palmer was better, but then did, did you mean to say... It? If you're buying today, you buy Bo- Palmer or Gordon I'd
1: buy Gordon today and buy Palmer okay. around gimmick 17.
2: Fair, 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 fair. I mean, look, I think they're similar players. So it's not like there's a huge answer one way or the other. They're now similarly priced. I mean, not too dissimilar, but there's still about 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 million difference. I think you you pick you pick either of them. And if you hold have one of them, you know, there's no reason to switch. I think both are good picks. Palmer won't get as many penalties as he's done in the past, but his underlying non-penal penalty data. This is something that irritates me when I see people saying people are only looking at him because of penalties. His non-pen XGI is up there as one of the best ones since he started starting, started uh, basically playing regularly for Chelsea. So what you're getting with him is a lot of XA potential. So assisting to Sterling, assisting to a uh, Jackson or Nkunku when he comes back, you have penalties. So he's just a generally a good pick. And because of him, because of his price, like I got him at four point nine, I I have had the luxury of having a third striker when I want. I had Inketia, now I have Chris Wood. I can have a more uh, you know more expensive defender because he's just that cheap. So it's about what he can also afford instead of a, a Gordon. I said Chris before Wood. I know I was
1: disappointed. I was wincing <laughs> like why? why? I was about to throw in a rising to the top joke, but it doesn't have the same effect. <laughs>
0: But uh, you prefer him to Gordon is where you're at. I,
2: with with pens. If I was picking today, I would still pick Palmer.
0: Yeah. I can't decide at the moment. I really haven't. But just some of the other sh- other factors that are playing on my mind when I think about Palmer. Looked at, look back at some highlights as well. One thing also is Palmer also has corners. So he's got the avenues to points, not just pens, corners as well. And that makes him just uh, much uh, better for bonus compared to a Gordon. And, uh, The thing inversely about Gordon is that now you only have Isak. And you might not like Gordon starting as a striker, but you don't mind Gordon playing last man when the opposition is chasing a goal because Newcastle is leading. And he tends to get a goal or two in the last 10 minutes of a game. So even that is a factor which sort of benefits Anthony Gordon. And he's just improving as a player. Both these players, just for their individual ability, are sort of having their breakthrough season. This year, So I can't split his and I actually think about Brennan Johnson as well who I think might be the probably in uh, similar wavelength as uh, Gordon when it comes to open play threat because he's just getting at the end of chances for a very attacking Spurs team. So if you aren't worried about him being injured or him not being able to stay fit in this thing, I think he deserves to be a part of the conversation as well. So
2: those are the three that I'm debating at the moment. I, I can't really... And there's also two man. more. There's, there's Huang, who... I mean, it's not hindsight because we didn't know he's on pens. We found out this weekend that he's he's on pens without Neto and others. So, that's information we didn't have. And if he's continuing to play striker, out of position, Wolves have decent fixtures. I think he's one to think about. Morgan Gibbs-White is top of the ticker until game week 19. Uh, so, Forrest, again, pens set pieces... These are all fish and chip picks, basically. You know, Gordon and and, uh, Johnson are basically the sexier picks. uh, But you have to rely on what you see more because they have to do it on the field. They will not get a pen. They will not get a corner. I mean, Johnson takes a few, if I remember correctly. But you will not get this trickling of points. So they will have to do it on the pitch. Gordon has done it. He has slightly overperformed. So you would say he's done better than what you would expect it. But he's done well. So, Johnson will have to do the same if he needs to match these other guys who will get an odd return, an odd penalty, an odd corner assist. That's basically what you need to debate. So penalty... of, uh,
0: Go ahead. Now, one thing I noticed about Palmer is that 75% of the chances that Chelsea is creating are coming through him. It's, it's almost De Bruyne-esque in terms of over-reliance on one player to create the chances for the team. Is that generally the trend with uh, your team?
1: I think so, because Sterling on the left is not really a creator. He might take on his man and just get the odd cross in, but he's more of a finisher and Jackson. Less said the better in that sense. So I do think there's a lot of emphasis on him for creativity. It might change the dynamic. We don't know with Nkunku coming what he does. How far is he, Nkunku? Not too far. I think let's say before Christmas we should see him. I don't think we'll see him necessarily start any of this upcoming program up to 16, but 17 should get interesting around then, I think. I just want
0: yeah, to... I, I... Go ahead. Just generally thinking that like if Nkuku comes into this setup, I think it's good for Palmer as well. Because Nkuku is traditionally sort of like a second striker as well. You know? So Palmer does... The passes that Palmer makes are just from outside the edge of the box. And, you know, if somebody holds the ball up and plays and ticket passes back, Nkuku is really good at that. So I do like... I have the opinion that Nkuku playing might increase Palmer's goal threat because he might have somebody capable of giving him the ball back accurately inside the box as well.
1: I have no doubt Nkuku so, will make the whole team better. But the point I was making was regarding the fixtures, right? I said, maybe you could switch Gordon to Palmer. I just looked at the fixtures. They're both good from 17, in fact. Newcastle yeah. play Fulham, Luton, Forrest. I'm not going to be selling Gordon for that. I'll probably yeah, end up selling exactly. Bumo, I think. Bumo has Villa, Blank, and Wolves. Unless we have the double confirmed, I think that's the move I'll probably make.
2: So we're we're jumping topics, but actually that's a very important point. So at the moment, we would have expected the double to be announced because now we're five weeks away from game week 20. Not five game weeks, but five actual weeks away from game week 20. And basically there's an understanding that they have to start announcing games well in advance. They can't have that relaxation like the COVID years uh, that you just announced that the game is next week. So if the game week 20 double doesn't happen or... It happens, but if Boomer is missing the second game, actually, a lot of people might do Boomer to a Sterling or a Gordon, or if Diaby becomes more, you know, basically starts getting ninety minutes again. I think those moves will become popular by game week eighteen blank as well. So if you're getting Boomer, just know it's not for long term. He's off to Afcon and has a blank in eighteen. If he doesn't have a double, then he's also a sell in four weeks. Let's talk Boomer. Is he essential this week's press? It's Luton at home. Uh, then he plays Sheffield United in three weeks, Brighton in the middle of it when dunk is suspended. I just think when somebody's producing data like this, is on penalty. So let's assume he gets a penalty in the next three games, one. And I would expect, given his underlying data, if you're on 0.7 non-pen year, that means over three games or four games, you're getting two returns. So almost three returns, in fact. So if three returns plus a penalty, you're basically looking at a haul that you're going to miss out in this period. So my question is, who do you have that can match that? I don't think there's anybody close. He's also... Your Mitomas, Edse and all have got injured, right? That's the other thing, that all the people who would have competed at that are not there anymore. Even Bowen has now, you know, maybe he's okay for this weekend, but who knows, right? I mean, if Moe is... But Bowen's
0: genuinely the prime competitor
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's difficult to fit Bumo, Bowen... With the other five good guys we talked about, the Salah, Saka, Haaland and... uh, Watkins. Watkins. So this is why people are debating it. So I get it, but is he essential? No one is essential. Apart from Haaland and Salah at the moment, I think no one is essential, essential. I would say Sun is close. But uh, I don't think he's essential, but he's a very, very good pick. And these are the types of picks that deliver a 15-pointer in the next three weeks and then you regret not going there.
1: And the entry point, I think, has to be this week because as you get closer to 18, it becomes less and less appealing. LR, spill the beans. Boomer's in already.
0: Boomer's in already. I, I mean, last three weeks, I was replaying that statement. And you don't want to be sitting with those in your hands at game week 18 because he looked at the blank. And it's just too obvious to pick. Uh, you know, everything that Pras said, he's got penalties. He's got the last 10-15 minutes of every game, which not a lot of people at his price point are getting, where he tends to get a return. Uh, and uh, I just... Think we're seeing him level up as a player this season. Uh, you know, there's there's really no reasons to not get him, except budget management and looking at other picks. If you can afford him, get him. And he's better than Palmer. He's better than Gordon. He's better than Brennan Johnson. He's a superior pick to any of them. Not essential, but just a really good pick.
1: What has changed your perception from early on in the season is the fact that he's done it over a longer period.
0: Yeah, he's done Super it over a longer that. period, and and and. And you're seeing quality, right? Like You think about that great goal that he scored from outside the box. Uh, you think about all the crosses that he's finding from wide as well. They're finding their men. So it's, it's, it's a lot of quality in terms of him just being a lot more polished, less raw player. That sort of uh, changed my opinion. He's finding the chances. He's smelling where to be to find those shots as well. He's improved at both levels, the quantity as well as the quality. And it's just, I, I don't see a reason to not get him. He's, he's just, you know, he's he's got all the things you want. If you were to build an FPL midfielder in a lap this season, plays 95 minutes, has penalties, has set pieces, tends to play forward in the last 15 minutes of a game and plays inside forward, not winger.
1: Well, what else do you want? So, in your, in your view, there's no point going against him. You often like to bet against players who are often very highly owned. He's not, a, I think, a bet
0: you should go against. No. But the interesting question is somebody like you, for example, who owns Gordon. And let's just say, for example, that the only route for you to get a boomer is Gordon. Now, that becomes a mo- lot more interesting question because I don't think that's as forward. I don't know if I would sell a Gordon for a boomer because is, is the switch worth it for four weeks I'm not sure but because Gordon's also similar except for Pence. He's, he's very similar in terms of, uh, you know, finding goals in the last 10-15 minutes, inside forward, getting the shots, having fairly strong underlying data. And one advantage he has over Abumo is Newcastle are capable of scoring four goals at home, Brentford aren't. So, you know, by virtue of Newcastle being as good as they are, he'll find his way into points as well. So that isn't a straightforward question. But if you don't own any of them, have a play to sell, then you get boom.
1: I'd still probably move Gordon on. Because the fact is United fixture obviously is a good one that you have Everton away and Tottenham away. If they had two more home games, maybe one more home game but in there, possibly like
0: Everton it. and Tottenham are poor defenses. Like Everton I is know, going to be a point to prove for him. Away. Is, is like
1: is we saw it... even yesterday against PSG, right? When we'll talk about that game, obviously it's a different kettle of fish and PSG, much higher caliber of opponent. They're not as strong on the road as they are at St. James
0: he'll be fired up, though, you know, if we're talking about narratives, going to Goodison Park where he started off, you know, you you don't mind that yep. generally speaking.
2: I, I just think, uh, I mean, Focal is also in the chat, Oscar, so he makes the point that, look, they, they didn't make any subs last night. They played 98 minutes. I think one thing that Newcastle had was over the international break, they got a good rest, right? I mean, they were on their knees just before the break. We saw the Bournemouth game, right? We saw even Trippier went to, going to this guy in the crowd and saying, you know, look how many injuries we have. And they were on their knees. So what you can see is in the last two games, they're back, right? I mean, you can see that Newcastle have just thumped Chelsea. They've just done well against PSG. Um, that was a very bad defensive performance, by the way. No matter what narratives say, they conceded considered like 5XG. So, yes, it, there was a little bit of luck, but it's still a solid, robust away performance in a Champions League game. So... What is who is to say that in another two weeks, once they again are through this grind, that again they're really tired and you know they're they're basically down to bare bones by game weeks, you know, fifteen, sixteen, you could have a similar effect like we saw against Bournemouth, and they're not there because they are running out of gas a lot. I mean, they're playing very high intensity games now. Milan is a must win yet again. Uh, so you know, had they lost to PSG, they would have been out of the Champions League. So you could have argued, okay, they will maybe take it take it easy against Milan. They won't. They have to win.
1: Yeah, it's a very hard situation to gauge over at Newcastle, right? Tiredness versus opportunity. They have the good picks and I think you will still stick with the likes of Trippier. But I'm possibly looking to invest in Lascelles this week just to cover some of the difficult fixtures that are coming. And they have a good period from 18 to 19, which you obviously want to invest in. They're a very difficult read at the moment. I think we're going to see some inconsistent performances like we have over the past few weeks. They're very good one week and then losing to a team like Bournemouth the next.
0: But except I, for Bournemouth, in
1: the league generally they haven't been bad. Just not bad. It's not great. Like they drew away to Wolves, but then Wolves have been decent on their own patch against most. But their players. fixtures
2: from game week six have been very good as well. So I mean, maybe you know there was a case of good fixtures, so they they got away with you know even eighty percent performances. I think. Look, I, I we're now getting into too much narrative territory, but I think Newcastle is Zoff said it perfectly. Where there is opportunity, but. It's not a home run. It's not, you know, we're not sure 100% that, uh, you know, you will get a lot of. So I would do the Gordon to Boomer move as well, which was your original question.
1: That's on cam, by the way. Say hi, Rima. Please. Say hi to Babi Ji Pras.
2: Very rude. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste and pronounce. <pranam>. Yeah. So, other <laughs> pronounce. Yes. So I guess there's yeah. another question in the chat, which I think is a more pertinent one for people who own Bowen. And the only route to get to Boomers is, is Bowen to Boomer. Would you do that if Moise was okay? Let me do a scenario. One, he confidently says Bowen is fine for the weekend, and in second one, he's a little bit uncertain. So Zoff, would you do which? Would you do the move in either scenario? The uncertain one, I would
1: definitely do it because you know what you're getting with Bumo. You're also getting another ninety minutes guy who's playing very close to the goal. I don't mind it. If he says he's starting for sure, it becomes very tricky. West yeah. Ham's fixtures are Palace, Tottenham, Fulham on paper, Bumo's fixtures are better. And again, I think Bowen has been doing well, but I think he maybe had one double-digit return the whole time. And again, I start to worry that unless, if he, even if he's given the all-clear, right? Could he play on Saturday? Will he have another reoccurrence of all that stuff? That becomes That's a bit dodgy. Risk. But if you have another option to get to the to Boomo in that sense, I would look at that. But I think Bumo's a must-have, man. I would even move on Bowen for Oof.
0: That's a statement. It's, it's, yeah, the, the injury worries me, but it's about whether what your assessment of his fitness is. Because if Bowen's fit, you hold him, man. He's he's a buy almost. Yeah. It all depends on the but rest I of the team, Bowen. how
1: stable it is. But if you ask me in yeah. isolation, if you were to pick a team today for the next three weeks, I would have Bumo in there over Bowen. Do you agree, Pras? Definitely. I agree too. That's pretty much it. Let's just cover, go back to Arsenal a little bit. And this is a question I want you guys view in. Sorry. Is it worth paying the point six till today for Saliba over Gabriel?
2: No. I think Gabriel will start uh, 9 out of 10 games. Because Look um, at the
1: schedule, right? Because again, Bulls is not an easy game. You have to keep in mind the game he was rested was probably the easiest home game of the season. Sheffield United. I don't think he's going to mess around with Luton. They're very good at set pieces. You want Gabriel there. Then it's Villa, Brighton, Liverpool, West Ham. These are tough teams this is a fixture. It's, I think if the only game you'd possibly rest him is Wolves, and I don't think even that he's going to do with how good Wolves has been. So I'm not as worried yeah. about the Gabriel rest, I think, as most people. In fact, I'm more worried about missing out on the goal that I think is coming. The fact mm-hmm. that he's not scored yet, I can feel there's a goal around the corner, and I'm honestly contemplating a hit to take out cash for Gabriel this week. And
0: also, looking at defender picks, it's 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 also like you're going to buy them, buy the Arsenal defence, keeping 10 week per view in mind because you're wary about clean sheets in 16, 17 and 18. No no matter what you do, they're they're not the best clean sheet fixtures.
1: They definitely just just stick and forget because like we talked about the best defence in the league, you just stick him in there till the winter break.
0: Since we discussed uh, Son and Saka so much at the start of the pod, just want to throw in a little nugget that I read in uh, Neil's notes. uh, Arsenal are the team that have won the most penalties this season, and Wolves are the team that have conceded the most penalties this season.
2: There you go. This one, to, uh, to add that. But Arsenal's defense has been unreal. I mean, it's almost been a shift, right? Like, like Newcastle shifted last year, where the mm. you know the defense just became elite. Uh, I mean, it was good last year, but this year they're they're doing almost as good, if not better, than the City defense of of you know past seasons. So, I think, like again, spoiler alert, I have doubled up now. Uh, but only it's a short-term double-up because I do agree that after the next two, again, you need to start thinking about maybe, maybe a James, maybe a Poro. So there are other defenders, not as good defences, but with more attacking upside that you can think about. But Arsenal defence just looks really, really good. At least one bread-and-butter pick you keep for the rest uh, for a long time because their fixtures are good even after these three tougher games. They see these three t- tougher defensive games, which is basically Villa, Brighton and uh, Liverpool, so yeah, but if I had one, I'd probably chance going somewhere
0: else until eighteen, and then get the second defender is where I am at this point. Just yeah. bet against uh the Villa, Liverpool, Brighton fixtures, see what you can do, and then come back to the Arsenal defense if you're looking for a
2: second one.
1: Anything else? Just... On,
2: uh, go ahead, Pras. The second comes only from there is no clear defender to pick this week and next week. Yeah. So, right, I mean, if you're thinking about Poro, okay, he plays Man City. Thinking about James, he's, uh, he's out. So what you're thinking is if your front seven looks like my front seven, so you're like, okay, my attack is okay. So now I need to get a defender. Who is the upside defender I can get upside more in terms of FPL points, not attacking return. You just double up on Arsenal for two weeks and then you figure out Silvia's like 5.4. You can get James yeah. or Poro after that.
1: Let me ask yeah. you about Semikas Aspras now. If he hadn't been benched against Luton, do you think there was a possibility of him starting all three games? Because they all look like these deep block fixtures, right? Which you possibly do need that more attacking left back. Because I think the only option you look at now is Liverpool. Because in terms of a defensive block, Fulham, Sheffield, United, Palace, I think that's the best next three in the league.
2: Probably. Probably. So if, if, if yeah, I mean, if we were talking about Trent, I think Trent is the best defender in the next three games. But he's not achievable. Uh, in terms of price unless you make other sacrifices. So yeah, I think Simbikas is a good pick but personally sitting here now and I'm trying not to be biased because I don't own him. I can't see him starting all three. There's a chance but there is a, I mean there's an equal likelihood because remember Liverpool plays Sunday, midweek Saturday. Just for that reason I think one game is a, is a risk. Same for Liverpool.
1: I'd agree with the Two out of three for is what Darwin. I'm expecting. But I wouldn't yeah. be full, completely surprised if I saw three out of three with early subs. I thought he was Correct. pretty good against Man City as well. I started him that game. He did come. He did take a few corners. I think Van Dijk had an attempt on target. He, got he took forward. corners
2: from both sides, which was actually an interesting development. Normally, Robertson used to do that. But then they obviously shifted and Subosla so started taking on the right side because they wanted outswingers instead of inswingers. But yeah, I think the set-piece potential is there. Attacking potential is there. I think, yeah, good, good pick. Next three, good good, high, good ceiling. Yeah, Somebody in the
1: chat is mentioning Pinnock. Again, I think the problem is the blank game week 18. You're getting Bumo. How much do you commit to your bench for that week? Obviously, the entry point is good. Luton and then you have Sheffield United. But again, again, Brighton and Villa are not great, right?
0: Yeah, but even after the blank, you got Wolves and Forest at home sandwiched between a Palace of So, it isn't a bad shout. And, you know, Brentford have looked decent defensively. If you can manage to hide them in 18,
2: fair enough. But how do you hide? Like, if you have Pinnock, Bumo and Haaland, then you are playing Archer. You're playing your fifth defender. You know, people who wildcarded more recently have a much better fifth defender. You know, some people have Kabore. Some people have a, a non-playing player. So it just gets, you're getting very deep into it. And by the way, game week 18 is also very dangerous because we'll have no pre- press conferences uh, because there's a Thursday game. So I just feel uncomfortable having three non-playing players, no press conference info, and relying on Archer and Charlie Taylor to bail you out. It's just, I'm sure there are other defenders you can get.
0: Yeah. Speaking is, the, is, is the straightforward answer, sure.
1: share. Newcastle, you're talking about?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I this
1: don't like think a straight... so. Because the thing is, what's happening now in terms of the set pieces, last season, they were directed towards share a lot. But LaSalle was on my radar last week. I was very close to buying him. So I was watching every set piece very closely against Chelsea. He's the target for everything. None of the headers are being directed towards share. We saw this similarly with Botman when he was fit. I don't think he has a similar goal threat. Now, you might look at the worldies, like he scored against PSG. He came very close to scoring against Chelsea as well, the outside-of-the-box shots he takes. But I'm not seeing that similar goal threat, that 0.3, 0.4 XG every home game that we did last year.
2: Uh, plus, Livra and uh, Lacelles, are, I think, both decent picks. I mean, obviously, Lascelles is more nailed. But, I mean, Livra was excellent yesterday against PSG. Of course, like Simicas, he will not play every game. Lewis Hall is there. But I'm actually I I watched the game yesterday and I was very happy only in Livra. I mean, for these fixtures when when we get Fulham, Luton, and Nottingham Forest, obviously fingers crossed, because we know Burn is out till January. I'm hoping to get two or three of these games. So yeah,
1: I was interested uh, how he was on the left. I think he's pretty much decided he's not going to move to Pierre from the right. So correct. how attacking was he from open play? Was he still? Crossing? I mean, he was getting
2: forward. He was even inverting like a Zinchenko a little bit because Gordon will keep the width. So I wouldn't say... I think simicas is the more attacking if you were to look for a like-for-like like because he can't cross the ball because he's right-footed. But he has to basically almost cut in and then do something. So I would say he would get less assists, fewer assists, but I think he's still he's still a great option in that Newcastle defence. And the problem with LaSalle's is we Don't know Botman, right? Botman could show up this weekend and nobody would be surprised.
1: I think that's or Botman a could fast, be out of right? we, we want okay. to see him at least train for a week on the after. bench.
2: Okay, what, what yeah. I mean is sometimes we hear he's on the grass, sometimes we hear he needs surgery. So his, his time frame is like two weeks to two months or three months. With Burn, you know, you're getting three good games, but will he start or not is the question. So we are back to the same discussion we had two weeks ago on Livera versus Leselles. I think both are good picks.
1: Some questions from our chat. Now, let's go through some of them. FPL family guys are here. They're asking about Rhea. Switch over from Ariola. Does that performance from Ramsdale last weekend make you more confident now that Rhea has a spot yeah. to lose? It does. It has to, right? Ramsdale was shocking.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I don't think he's going to move or that needle anytime soon. I think it's Ramsdale's spot to lose now. And Ariola, man. Like, you know, I think Burnley had, what, 0.5 XG to show for their performance against West Ham. But until the 85th minute, Burnley played West Ham out of the puck. Like, they were dominating fully and creating chance after chance. It really didn't show in XG, but they were just really, really good. And West Ham are a problem defensively this season. Like I'm feeling bad, plus we've had transfers to burn, and I've effectively used them for minus 20 in the last <laughs> two game weeks. Should have just made an areola switch somewhere to somebody, and we would have been in the positive.
2: But who? I mean, yeah. you know, Kelleher. Uh, you know, people are looking at him. He's only an option for three weeks. I think the latest is Alisson is back in a week yeah. or ten days. So who? Like Sanchez in in a couple of weeks, or Raya, who was uh, you know couldn't play last week. Who who else is there?
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, now you can look at Raya. Like the windows opened up for him. So that's that's the thing. Yeah. But even then I don't the pictures after
1: a couple of weeks get tougher, right? And what's interesting about West Ham is you speak to any Hammers fan, they love Ariola. He's actually bailed them out a lot. They'll be conceding a lot more goals. So his real-world performances have actually been very good. It's just that he keeps conceding the odd goal. And we don't get the clean sheet points.
0: No, man. Just West Ham aren't a good defense this season. It's the two centre-backs playing in front of him. Like, they're missing somebody like a Dawson. Zuma isn't as good. Agar isn't as good. They don't scream defense. And even Edson Alvarez isn't a very good defensive midfielder. That's the problem with them. And, and Moes isn't... Uh, he's, he's got these flary players and he's letting them play a little. It isn't as defensive,
2: drilled a setup as it used to be.
1: The horses are running. Wasn't that a Mourinho quote?
2: Yeah, they are. horses are running. They are. I mean, my plan with Ariola is basically, if I have the luxury of transfers, basically take him out after game week 18. Because he still has... Or Flecken. Flecken Flecken is not a bad shot because he'll have a double as well at some point. So that would be basically my idea. I think for now, Crystal Palace home, Bulls home, Man United home, sadly, sad to say. Uh, are all okay, clean sheet-wise. Fulham away, maybe not so much, but they're, they're okay. And he's still getting clean sheet points, right? It's not like having an Edison who's losing a clean sheet and getting two points. He still gets a two, three-pointer, four-pointer. No one's keeping clean sheets. How do you know the guy you get in will be actually be performing? You know, come
0: game week, uh, come mid-January, when we have a little one, two-week break, it'd be great if I could just have a little diary with process moves in the first half of the season and how he's thought about a move in game week two that affected game week 16 and it paid off. Like, that would just be like a great, it's like the Marvel universe, right? Where they're connecting like seven, eight movies and this is connected to this somehow and that's how process brain works. Like, you know... Just confidently saying right now, having the sharpness to say that, no, we'll probably move for Flecken because he might have a double at that point. It's great. It's great. It's lovely. Yeah, it's difficult. But the path keeps changing every week with new information. Yeah, man, you should probably have the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, (laughs) grab that I use on Twitter.
2: No, no, no. That's patented. That's, you know, that's LR.
0: Let's
1: let's talk about Zinchenko. A few questions about him from the chat. He's been racking up the points, but again, no go for the busy period.
0: Is is Tomyasu
2: injured?
1: No, no, he's, he's there. available. Ben White has been injured.
2: Yeah, yeah. so, so Tomy played on the right. It's risky. But for people who are going for Zinchenko, what I would say is he's been trusted in the easier games, which is actually what you want. So he's like, you know, the opposite of a Gabriel risk. Not that the risks are the same. I think Zinchenko is much more of a risk than a Gabriel. But in the tougher games, so against when they play Brighton, Villa and, and Liverpool, I don't think Zinchenko starts. But do you need him then? Maybe not. So, if you can sort of work around that, then I think Zenchuko is fine. But there is, I would say, all, almost as much risk as a Simicass in terms of, you know, he could miss the odd game.
0: I'd agree with that. I and mean, he just... sometimes takes up... Go ahead. I'm just saying he sometimes takes up better goal-scoring positions than Martinelli and Saka.
1: <laughs> I could yeah. sense that was coming. Another Arsenal awesome yeah. frustration has been quite apparent in yeah. the whole
0: chat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that... Again, I'm repeating, but when you own these players, you're watching them very closely and all their actions and movements very closely. So,
1: Let's touch upon captaincy now. Big topic this week. Apras, you sent me this data. If I, just correct me if I'm wrong. This is Haaland at home this season. Both are at uh, home. Both are at home. Haaland yeah, on the yeah. left, Salah on the right.
2: Correct. And I was actually a bit surprised to see how, how much better Salah is at home compared to Haaland. Now, I have not done a game. Game by game on, is there a particular game for which this is so much better for Salah? But, I mean, almost 50% better XG for Salah at home. Um, XA, obviously, he is way superior to Haaland uh, because he has other routes as assist potential. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, looking at the data, I was like, okay, we have to think about Salah more. Because actually, I was quite contrary to other people. When I set my bus team, I went to Haaland straight away. So did I. because Because I was like, so did I. Spurs is looking because everybody I've seen on Twitter, they've gone, oh, Fulham at home, Salah. I've kept, I mean, Salah is the obvious one. I can see polls, Salah's ahead of them. So my first instinct was, Haaland looks great. Spurs will play the way the Spurs play. And, you know, almost reminding me of Bielsa leads. like, you know, they will continue to attack, no matter if it's two goals, three goals. So that's the kind of fixture you want. And we go back to our discussion on burden of proof should be on the other player, not on Haaland. So it shouldn't be, why am I captaining Haaland? It should be, why am I not captaining Haaland? So, I guess, question to you guys. The data for Salah is amazing at home. Fulham is a worse team. Why haven't you guys thought of Salah, LR Watkins should have had three goals if he was a good finisher. And Haaland is a good finisher. And he will get those
0: many chances, which is why. I just see a game in which there could be many goals uh, by virtue of Ange Postekuklu being who he is and not going to amend philosophy. He's just going to go for it. Uh, The data and history of the short season is there for us to assess. And given that, I like uh, that uh, Haaland is a captaincy option. I reckon the Fulham game might be more game-state dependent than the city game if city spurs is nil at half time is going to be as open in the second half whereas fulham could sit deeper and deeper and deeper if liverpool don't unlock that defense Palinja, and don't go fully by the wolves fulham game palinea wasn't playing that game i think because he was serving his suspension for the fifth yellow card he was he's back for the game against liverpool uh, Salah is a good captaincy option i just think ha- haaland's better
1: Perfectly summarized. I was going to say Fulham are a good defense, but the data really contradicts that. 23.87 xtc for the season so far. That's close to two per game. They have a very good goalkeeper. That probably helps them. But again, like they'll be happy to walk away with a two-nil. I think from Anfield. Keep the damage low. Look to target the next few games, and will Liverpool possibly look to do some game control as well? Early subs. Yeah. With the game coming, exactly. coming up so quick. Shortest
0: turnaround is for Haaland Liverpool. Yeah, but I'm, I'm... generally, over that whole week, the shortest turnaround is for Liverpool. So they might look to manage that a little more than City do.
1: Exactly. And also, yeah, in
0: general, also, I, was talking, I was having a chat with Pringle about Haaland, sorry, Zof, uh, and controlling Haaland's fitness, etc. Like, Pringle's first reply to me, he's a Man City fan, is he barely runs. It's fine. His, his job is to stay here and move here and move here and move here. And <laughs> it's fine. He doesn't really need to convert you know, conserve that much energy. So don't worry too much about that.
1: It's mainly a personal thing also. The fact that you're going to see most likely Emerson and Davies playing at centre-back against Haaland. It's a huge mis- like discrepancy in the matchup. It is.
0: It is. Does it give you words off?
1: Pras is giving wood to a lot of people in the chat, but do not tempt me here. And I'm trying to be more mature <laughs> this season. It's, I was like, you know, I was putting that scarface meme. Save the wood jokes till I share my team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the godfather oh. three means they pull me back in. I feel like that's what's <laughs> yeah. happening.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, but Spurs yeah. is yeah. pretty poor here as well. I mean, look, they're close to Fulham. Yeah, only a
1: couple of XGC off,
2: not, and not now no Betancourt be.
0: as well. Yeah,
1: and that's who will like they play said... in midfield? This Bissouma,
0: way, back. he was suspended.
1: Suma will be back. I don't think he took, uh, and Saar also. Saar was also out the last game. So Bissouma-Sar is quite decent, Kulosevsky there. They'll probably chuck Lo on one of the wings. It's a good team. It's still a yeah. very attacking team. But again, it's the mentality of Spurs. 2-0, 3-0 down, they're going to keep attacking.
2: That's what yeah. encourages me. Yeah. I feel it's a genuine uh, 50-50 this, it is.
0: this, this time. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I, I just want to say I deserve, I deserve the right to change my mind because it could happen because they're talking about the two big dogs. It but at it. the moment, I'm on Holland. Same, all of us,
1: and it could all change by Saturday, but as yeah. of now, I think all of us are on Harland. Let's switch over to our teams. Yep, yep, Mr. Maguire, you up first.
0: What a man, though, three, uh, uh a seven. I love a six it as a football six.
1: fan. The redemption arc is lovely to see,
0: yeah, it is. It is, and he's played well as well, so kudos to him.
2: The, the Nigerian uh, guy
1: actually made an apology in parliament. Yeah. You see that.
2: I yeah, did he did. You know the one there they said that Harry Maguire yeah. plays so bad. He made an apology and Maguire replied on Twitter.
0: Lovely. That's very nice. I didn't clock that story. So yeah, Ariola, unfortunately, Livermanto, uh, Gabriel, and uh, playing a certain Chaz Taylor because of Burnley's display and Sheffield United's display this week. I thought Sheffield United were abysmal, terrible. And uh, Burnley have a slight upward trajectory in terms of how they're playing the last two or three weeks. They've convinced me. So I've decided to give him a run out because I I do think there's a decent chance they clean against... uh, It's the best fixture of the season you have to play. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm giving him a run out uh, against Burnley uh, because uh, Mr. Reese James decided to just kick the ball slightly. Being Chelsea's cap, such a frustrating uh, red card that was. Literally, it was a nothing red card. Like, yeah, it was, it was it's so contrasting. To watch, it a couple is... of
1: seasons ago, we got a brace from Reese James in this very fixture. Yeah. And now we yeah. get a
0: red card. It is what it is. I'm playing my own little game here. So two, two game weeks in, uh, minus 20 on transfers. So I'm a little worried about uh, Martinelli's performance this week because I've sold him for Boom already, who you see in there. Uh, I've got Saka, Sala, Diaby, Watkins, Harlan, and Darwin. Uh, I can afford uh, uh, Diaby to. Either Palmer or uh, Gordon or Brennan is what I'm looking at. Uh, might even give Diaby a run-out based on what happens in the Champions League game on Thursday night. And then make the move next week to assess that midfield bracket I'm judging a little more. Uh, and if I'm doing that, I could even do Darwin out, two funds on, or set up Sakata son. So that's the forward-minded move, I think, because I do want Son in place for the next week.
1: Makes sense.
2: I think yeah, you can give Diaby this week. So you make, yeah. So you are with these three block of Liverpool fixtures. In fact, there's a question in the chat or people looking to do Watkins to Darwin. Is Darwin out at all in your thinking? And is it only because it's sun or is there any other reason? Only because it's sun and because of imminent rotation
0: in the tight condensed period for Darwin. So it's it's also that like he could miss one out of two two games. Potentially. I expect him not to play the game tomorrow and then hopefully start the Fulham home game. If he subbed up at 65-70 minutes, fabulous. I have no problems. Then I'll hold him. But if he plays 90 minutes, I'm worried about Hakko playing the next one. So
2: that's the... So why don't you roll the transfer? I mean, just my suggestion. Yeah. Because Diaby is fine. Darwin's fine this week. Then next week, downgrade Darwin to a cheapo striker. Diaby can be sun. Keep Saka. That's the plan. Third, fourth, disaster in the game. Yeah.
0: So, so, so it all depends on what, uh, how much I'm pulling my hair while watching Saka this week. Also,
1: Saka is fine, man. Yeah. Just show the faith. Just a couple of games, you can get your 15
2: pointer any week. We don't want to be selling.
0: It. My counter to show the faith is just watch the games.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean Jota is out is better for Diaz, right? It basically means Diaz will start most of the games. For Darwin, he was starting anyway. It will be just yeah. a rest for Gakpo. Yeah. Unfortunate, yeah. The right the read on uh, Darwin's
0: minutes was very accurate. He is first choice. It's just yeah. that the shots have come, the points haven't.
2: Agreed. Correct.
1: Yeah. That's how it is with Darwin. You are going to. It's very difficult to sell him because you always feel that the yeah. next game is going to be the one where these ones go in.
0: And have you seen who United are linked to for the January transfer window? Did you clock that news, Pros? No. I Take did. a while, guys.
1: I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. I know it. He's a, he's <laughs> he's a, a certain similar... German forward.
0: Who have have had a no similar?
2: Or? Yes. Wow. Yeah. He's, he's not. And that almost got wood it. hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Darwin to wood and, and Diaby to sun is right there. Is right there. Yeah. So I, that's I, your man. move next week. Yep. Yep.
1: Rise to the occasion, Allah. This is you Upros, get and Wood. Getting splinters on the bench, <laughs> be painful in the
2: morning. I know, I know. But it's a good cover. It's a good cover for any, or actually, I should, yeah, I should keep say it covered it's good protection for any problems. Yeah, yeah. Keep that shit covered. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, so my team, I've also made an early transfer because I, I couldn't otherwise afford Saliba. Uh, so I've done cash to Saliba because cash was dropping and Saliba was rising. Um, so now I have double Arsenal defence, which I like for next two weeks because Wolves at home and then Luton away. And then Saliba is off a price that I can look to do something else like poor or James, so that's the plan anyway. So Ariola, Gabriel, Saliba. I'm also first instinct was just start Charlie Taylor, even though Livramento is that good, and I'm that pessimistic on Man United that I think Livra does equally well. So it's a debate, but I think Taylor wins. Um, midfield Saka, San Sala, Bumo, who came in last week, and Palmer. So from now on, basically, I was I was sort of dilly dallying with rotating palmer with the third striker now palmer starts every game uh, because chelsea's fixtures are now decent enough and then Harlan captain and Watkins. on the bench is wood livramento and gehi um, not optimistic on gehi now because they lost Kure uh, right which is which is bad and and as also affects the transition and you know how they progress the ball so Next week, they have Bournemouth at home, so I might play him. But other than that, Gehi also needs to go. So I'll be interested to get your thoughts next week on Colwell and others if there's an option at Chelsea that is around that price bracket.
1: That's the thing about Chelsea's defence. It's quite dodgy now. I think the only option you really can go for with confidence is Sanchez. LR, go ahead.
0: Yeah, just wanted to mention on Palmer, it's a good entry point for Palmer also because he's placing, he's facing a Brighton minus dunk. Yep. So it, it it was a bad defense getting worse at the moment. So, you know, there are points there for the taking. In fact, Zoff last week you told us Sterling isn't an option. Still share that sentiment? He's looking good every time we're watching him.
1: I mean, not an option in the sense he personally, I have to say, I'm not a big Raheem Sterling fan. So every time I, I just look at a mistake he makes and picks on that. I'm trying to work on it, but still it was a good free kick. But apart from that, we did nothing. 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5 xG, and again, I don't know how I think Unkunku will play up top with Sterling on the left, but he could see the odd yeah. game with Sterling benched. I said, don't think he's a bad yeah. option or not an option, but he's not an option I would recommend personally.
0: Yeah, James, James, James uh, had his uh, moments of giving me a lot of excitement in that game also because so many times the ball came to Palmer and Palmer tends to play inside, which allows James to drift forward a lot more, right? So he was finding so much space. He was. Almost as wide as Sterling was on the other side, you know, coming
2: in. So, yeah. James is great big right. man. You got unlucky. But, yeah, we will come back. We will be there next week or the week after. That's awesome.
1: In yeah. a couple of weeks, give him, give him some time to build up fitness. Because he didn't look fully fit also that game, I thought. No, he didn't. Struggled a little bit. My team up next. By the way, apologies to Nigeria. Apparently, it was a Ghanaian MP who was dealing with Maguire. My team, Ariola. Cash, Simikas, Poro, Salah, Sun, Saka, Gordon, Diaby, Harlan, Cap and Watkins with Botman, Archer and Kabore on the bench. I've still got both my transfers. I'm thinking of Botman down to Lascelles, which will allow me Diaby to Bumo. I basically need 0.3 for that upgrade. So I could go possibly Cash to Lacelles this week, save that 0.1. But my general transfer path is I'm thinking Botman to Lacelles this week and Cash to Gabriel the week after. Because cash to Gabriel this week doesn't give me enough move for the DRB to boomer move.
2: Thoughts? I mean, do you need an Arsenal defender next week then? If you're not getting on this week, because then yeah. you get just Luton away. I then know. it's Villa, it's just Brighton, and Liverpool. I guess,
1: ultimately, then I need to see who I need. else I need to get. I'm open to the option. I can even keep cash and play Please. and those tougher fixtures. But Reese, I think, will be out of budget. I'll have only around mm-hmm. 4.9, 4.5. 4.9, in fact, exactly. That's what I got cash for.
2: So you're thinking of selling Botman this week?
1: Yes, depending on the news. Because I don't think less, uh, this one, uh, botman's is going to play this side of the year.
2: But he might. Like he What might. I'm saying is you, you don't need cash after this. So can you not do cash to Gabriel and, and Diaby to Boom? No, it doesn't. Oh, enough. you can't afford it. Okay. That
1: would have been the ideal move. I would have moved early like you guys, but I was 0.1 short of that. Right, right, right. Now I'm 0.3 short of that after the price rises. So, there's no other route. I can't sell any of the outfielders, guys. I was earlier thinking about selling Poro to Gabriel, in fact, would have worked. But I want to keep Poro now. I think he's possibly a better keep passer up. than Gabriel. So, he there's no other be- way. Like, keep Poro. I don't see any other route over here. Yep.
0: Pinnick, so like somebody suggested, maybe. But then then you're in trouble. Dude, he's rocking
2: Poro. Kabore. How will he deal with game week 18? with? Yeah, Hiropi? exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm trying to find a
0: defender for Zof. And-
1: I had a look. There are very few the next few weeks. There's no Chelsea
0: defender in
1: there. No, Chelsea, I don't even want to for a few weeks. I'm happy to move off then maybe around 17. Not yet because there's no defender you can really say reliably who's going to start every game. Now, even Thiago Silva, he's going to be dodgy over this period.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, without Thiago Silva, will the defence even be good? We haven't played a single game without him, I think, this season.
0: There's one... Murillo from Forest. They've got a decent bunch. The next five look decent. Everton home, Fulham away. Wolves. No
1: faith in the Forest defence. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather back Arsenal in the tougher fixtures than a Forest defender, even at home in a good fixture.
0: Based on the news that you hear, even uh, you have the third Newcastle spot open, right? Even cash to Liverpool is an option. That allows you to upgrade I can Botman, even do Botman to, to Liver.
1: I can even do Botman to Mento and Diaby to Bumo. But I just feel minutes-wise, LaSalle is more secure. I want that guy for 18, 19 and all that stuff, the closer period. But again, depends on Botman news.
2: I mean, imagine you do yeah. Botman to LaSalle and then Botman shows up. That's, uh, what, that's what I have to keep <laughs> monitor,
1: monitor the news, right? But I don't think he's going to risk him initially. And even if he does, I think Botman, he'll be very careful with his minutes. Maybe one game a week, things like that. LaSalle
2: has been exceptional. So, yeah, I, I hear you. That's pretty much
1: it. Goff, you need to make a genuine pledge to the listeners oh, yeah, and you We viewers. haven't done a plug yet for our likes and subscribe, and We should really do it in the middle of the podcast. because a lot of people <laughs> tune in. So, so we guys, we're on the like 28.5k subs. We are looking to hit 30k by the end of this year. We'd greatly appreciate if you could hit that subscribe button and the like button as well for the algorithm.
2: And plus, a Discord plug, please. I mean, I would first, just on the subscribe, guys, I mean, if you're listening, we're not asking for any money, any this. Just a click of a button. Just subscribe and it helps us out. And we, we set ourselves a target. You know, when I, when I was joining in the summer, I was like, guys, you need to hit 30,000. It's a heartfelt plea that if you guys can think about it, if you like it, and so please do so. It just takes a click of a button for subscribe.
1: And you might have another video for us, press this Friday. So it'll help people follow new videos. Correct. When they come
2: correct. So on Friday, uh, in fact, I was still 50-50. I'll do it. Okay, I will do it. So on Friday, I'll do a video on... Um, on free hit 18 and basically why it makes sense could make sense to look at a free hit in game week 18 what are the pros what are the cons so it'll be a short solo video and i will do it and we can't make only subscribers only videos right we can't do that but anyway i hope that people watch it and then subscribe and then alongside that if you do want to contribute more than just a click of a button, then we do have a Patreon and a, a great members area, which is the Discord channel. Um, so if you're either a YouTube member or a, a, a Patreon on patreon.com slash the FPL wire, then you join the Discord. The content is all free, but the Discord comes alongside that. And it's a great community, like we've said in the past. And so do join if you can. And that's a that's a great initiative that we have with some competitions as well on a monthly and a yearly basis.
0: And we aren't going to leave you hanging in this tight period either. You're going to hear from us on Monday before the game week 14 deadline. 15. No, game week 15, 15 deadline. And then we'll do a midweek pod next week before the 16 deadline as well. There'll probably be shorter pods, but we'll try to jam in everything relevant. The end of December might be a little difficult for both Pras and I, but uh, Zoff will be there with either one of us or a guest and we will be continuing podding throughout the space. Correct.
1: Let's wrap up, guys. Thanks for joining us. Have a good game week. We'll see you guys again on Monday. Pras will be bringing you his free hit 18. Is that free hit 18? Yeah, free hit 18 video on Friday. Hit that subscribe button and we'll see you next week.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.